0: I found this and I thought I wanted to read it for you. Uh, The top top ten predictions for 2011. Top ten predictions for 2011. Number one, the Bible will still have all the answers. Number two, prayer will still be the most powerful thing on earth. Number three, the Holy Spirit will still move. Number four, God will still honor the praises of his people. Number five, there will still be God-anointed preaching. Number six, there will still be singing of praise to God. Getting quieter on me here. (laughs) Number seven, God will still pour out blessings upon His people. Yes. I like this one. Number eight, there will still be room at the cross. Number nine, Jesus will still love you. And number ten, Jesus will still save the lost when they come to him. That's, I think, the best of all. You know, it's a brand new year. It it's almost sounds like science fiction to me, 2011. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, what is that? 2011, I don't understand it. You know, uh, born in 1955, you know, the 50s, those were the good years, you know. But now 2011, what kind of, you know, what, what are these years that we're facing Uh, ahead and and it's it's a brand new year and I've I've just got a short message for you this morning and the title of the message is this the way ahead the way ahead and it's really very simple uh, and there's kind of three facets to it number one is that the way is Jesus the way is Jesus it's always been the way he has always been the way for you and for me and ahead I believe is heaven ahead is heaven and the third part is what do we do till then, till we get there? So number one, the way is Jesus. And, and Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. We know the, the scripture, but we, we, you know, we can't um, diminish the value of, of the fact that Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. There aren't a bunch of different ways in this you know, world you know, telling us, you know, well, there are many ways that lead to heaven. No, there's only one way that leads to heaven, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Paul said it, there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus himself said, we've got to enter through the narrow gate, and wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. There's a whole bunch of people going in that direction. He says, many enter through it, but he said, small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I want to be part of that uh, part of that group, that crowd that, that finds life. And I believe I have because of Jesus being my way, my truth, and my life. Jesus is the way. The way ahead. Jesus is going to lead us to heaven. You know, I, I looked this up and, and not... And, and, and the word heaven is mentioned over 400 times in Scripture. 400 times. You know, if there's something that's mentioned quite a few times, what does that mean? It's important. It's big. It's huge. Four, over 400 times. And that's, you know, in a lot of different contexts and a lot of different ways. But I, I just love what Jesus says in John chapter 14 for those that are believers in Him. He says... Don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a a place for you. This place called heaven, he's, he's preparing a place, and he says that if I go and prepare this place, I'm going to come back and take you to be with me. He's preparing a place for us, and he's going to make sure that we get there. I believe Ed is there right now. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that that if the earthly tent we live in, this body is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. I don't know about you, but I do sometimes. You know? I just want to be home. I want to be in heaven. But Paul also said that he, he felt the same way, but he said, you know what? i got something to do in the meanwhile, so until God says it's time, i got to, I got to fulfill what God's called me to do. Our citizenship is in heaven. The way ahead is heaven. The way is Jesus. The way ahead is, is heaven. Our citizenship is there. He says we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our inheritance is there. How many of you... Be honest, please don't raise your hands. How many of you are just like waiting until you get that inheritance that you know is coming to you? And it's a big one. I'm talking about here on this earth now. You know, you just know that, you know, when my, uh, you know, so-and-so, when when maybe I get to a certain age or somebody dies, and God forbid, you're thinking about them dying, but I'm going to get that inheritance and it's going to be huge. And you're just waiting for that. Shame on you. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But you can see me after and we can kind of work together on that. You know, not a lot of us, I did receive an inheritance one time, you know, from I didn't expect it and it wasn't, wasn't that big and everything, but, but, but you know what? It's gone. It's already gone. I got that inheritance and, and it wasn't long, it was gone. But there's an inheritance that Peter says is waiting for us. It's kept in heaven for us that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The way ahead is Jesus leading to that place called heaven. We don't have a lot of descriptions about heaven. We know it's an incredible place. We used to sing a song, Heaven is a wonderful place filled with His glory and grace. How many of you remember that song? And that's going way back. But in the book of Revelation, we get little glimpses as well as other places. But, you know, let me just read a few a little pieces of it. That Number one is that the dwelling of God is with men, that, that we're together with Him. And it says He will live with them. And then it says He will wipe every tear from their eyes. So no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. It says the glory of God gives it light. The glory of God is going to be there. The throne of God, it says and of the lamb will be there in the city and his servants will serve him and they will see his face we're going to see his face 1 Corinthians talks about that we're going to see him face to face now we see through a glass darkly we kind of see kind of a you know a, a not a very clear image of where we're heading but he says you're going to get when you get there you're going to be blown away the way ahead is heaven it's jesus He's the way, the truth, and the life. Heaven is the place that we're going. So I want to ask you before we get to the third point is this, is are you going there? Have you made that decision to receive Jesus Christ like we've heard about here? Has your life been changed and, 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 and transformed? Because, because without Jesus Christ, the way, you're not going to get there. And the way ahead for you without Jesus Christ, apart from Him, is not a very promising picture, the Bible says. Are you going there? Today is a good day. One, two, one, one. You could remember that for a long time, right? One, two, one, one. That you made a decision on this day that you're going to give your life to Jesus and you're going with him. Mm -hmm. He's he's the way that you've opened up your life. You've prayed to to surrender completely and totally to him. Mm -hmm. That's the question. Are you going there? What's the way ahead for you? We all make our own decisions, you know. We're we're not forced into it. We're not uh, we don't come along because of our parents, because we go to church. None of those things matter. What matters is each one of us making an individual decision to surrender and, and fall at the feet of the cross and yes. say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. Sweetest name I know. Yes. The way ahead is Jesus in heaven. But, till then, what do we do till then? We don't know when that's going to be. We don't know when that's going to be. Ed Kisilika was 37 years old. We don't know the day, the hour, the year, the time that God has planned for each one of us. The Scripture says that, that our times are in His hand. He knows. He already knows. We do not know yet. So until then, what do we do? Do we just sit at, at home waiting? Do we just sit and, and, and kind of be depressed until we get to heaven? Sometimes we do that. You know, we just get kind of depressed because we can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what he's called us to do. Right. So I want you to turn with me to Acts 2.42. And this is, a, this is a, one of our foundational scriptures. And, in, and, and I think it is a vision for us and for our fellowship for sure for us individually and for our fellowship acts 242 it says they devoted themselves they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching which is the word of god to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe many wonders miraculous signs were done by the apostles It goes on to say, and at the end of that section there, it says that the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts 2.42, it's a a call, it's a vision. It says they devoted themselves. This was part of their worship, part of their devotion, part of who they were, what was important to them, the choices that they made, Acts 2.42. Maybe uh, when we get to the beginning of the year, it's time for us to think. And, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about a vision for life. Amen. A vision for life that, that this is kind of where, we, where we're going. This is kind of who we are. Not just, you know, uh, something I'm going to lose a few pounds. I'm going you know, st- to, you know, I saw this on the TV. I'm going to stop using my credit cards. I'm going to, you know, all these things, you know. Well, those are maybe important in some ways, but... But this is a vision for life. This is way, way more important than that. That's like nothing. Think back for just a minute here. We kind of look back. We kind of look at at where we came from. We kind of think about where we are today and then kind of look at where we're we're going tomorrow. And, you know, I I read uh, uh, Charles Swindoll said these words. He says, stop and look back. Recall why we began the journey in the first place. Restate our original objectives. Are we on target? What did we come to do? Speaking about a church, he was speaking in a book called Church Awakening and, and the church that he's a pastor of there in Texas. And it made me really think about this. Where, where did we come from and what, did we, what, did, what, will, you know, what was it that brought us here? And, and what did God give us to do? And I think this Acts 2.42 is the, is the same, that has never changed. But we came out from California to start a Calvary Chapel Fellowship and, and just a simple, uh, built on this Acts 2.42, a place where people could come and find Jesus, a, people, a place where people could be taught the Word of God, where people could come just as they are, but, but yet be changed by the Spirit of God. Where are we today? Are we fulfilling the call? We've got to ask some questions. We've got to ask hard questions sometimes. In our personal lives, in the lives of our fellowship, are we, are we still doing what God called us to do? Are we still on that narrow path? Are we kind of wandered off a little bit? Have we maybe taken a couple of turns somewhere? Maybe it's time to renew the call. Sometimes I believe that God allows a shaking. He allows a shaking in our lives to see what remains to see what's really there, to see what's important. Uh, I'll quote to you a scripture out of Isaiah 54. He says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Though all the shaking takes place, His love and His peace and His compassion remain. In Acts chapter 4 they were having a prayer meeting, it says in verse 31, after they prayed that the place with, where they were meeting was shaken. And then it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. There was some, a lot of shaking going on in that place, but what remained was the Holy Spirit and the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 12, he talks about that which cannot be shaken may remain after the shaking, that there's a shaking coming in the future. But I think in our lives we see it too. In that passage, he talks about his kingdom and worship remaining after the shaking would take place. There's a a song by Paul Beloch. He says these words. He says, Only a spotless lamb for a sinner's soul. You gave me a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. You brought me down to my knees when I was full of pride, and took away all the places I could hide. Those you love, you will chasten. And this is the chorus line. He says, Everything that can be will be shaken. Everything that can be will be shaken. And only you remain. Only you remain. The shaking comes in our lives sometimes, and and, and to see what's left. See what's left. He says in the song, only you remain. He's the most important thing. Yes. That's right. He's the most important. I think, I think uh, for us here in this fellowship, for me personally, it's been a year of shaking. Mm. God's been shaking things up. But ultimately, what remains is Him. Amen. Are we going to hold on to Him? Yes. Are we going to follow Him? Yes. That's what's important. Things happen in this life. What do we have but Him? Psalm seventy-three says, "Whom have I in heaven but you, and and earth has nothing I desire but you." Yes. Whole lot of shaking going on, right? Sometimes that's what happens in our lives, right. in our personal lives, and 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 you know, sometimes we want to hold on to the things of this earth, the things of this world, but but. But there's really nothing to hold on to there. Right. It's all smoke and mirrors. That's good. That's good. But Jesus, we hold on to Him. Amen. Hold on to Him. Where we're going, are we on the right track? The last question, where are we going? Are we heading in the right direction? And, and, and that's why I want to look here at these, this verse here, Acts 2.42. Again, he says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Are we on the right track? These are the simple basics we can ask ourselves. Are we, are we still doing those things? Number one, he says, the Apostles' teaching, in that, of course, refers to a life in the Word. The way ahead, the way is Jesus, ahead is heaven, but, but till then, what kind of life do we have? And do we have a life in the Word? Number one, do we have a life that's in the Word of God, that the Word of God is in us, and this is part of who we are? And, and, and we have established that here as, a, as a, the, a, one of our priorities, that we're always going to hold on to God's Word. I love it when they give their testimonies. They always have a, a scripture, a foundation scripture they hold on to. Do you have a verse like that yourself? I remember Bill Kinnaman, he, you know, when their kids were young, he, he had scriptures, and they all had their own uh, you know, life verses. And he sort of, in an indirect way, gave me one as well. Do you have a verse that you hold on to? Do you have, do you have God's Word in your life? That's what you're going to hold on to when it shakes. Yes. Not, some, you know, not some, you know, pop psychology of the world, not something that the world can offer, but, but uh, holding on to the Word of God. Yes. Maybe you only know one verse. One verse could be enough to get you through. We say, well, I don't have a, a memory. I can't memorize things. You can surely remember one verse. Yes. Put music to it. Make up a song with it. I think, I think uh, you know, when you have, like, the melody in your head, you can, like, remember it better. I think we need to get back to, to more songs that are, that are just based completely and totally on Scripture. A life in the word to the Jews who believed him. Jesus said these things. He said, if you hold to my teaching or abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set Set you free. You know. See, you do know more than you think you do. Psalm 119, 105. Anybody know what that says without looking? See, look at that. You know. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path a life in the word the way is jesus ahead is heaven but till then are we do we have a life in the word in acts 242 they devoted themselves to it are we devoted to god's word do we read it every day or are we just what well, you know we 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 never open the book until we come to church and you know the pages are all real fresh and everything or or is your bible like falling apart because you've been using it and you've been writing in it oh yeah you can write in your bibles if you want there's not writing in this one i don't write in this one but I have another one I write in. I circle things. Yes. <laughs> For yourselves, do you, do you have that, right. that word of God in you and you in the word? Mm. In our fellowship, it's always the word in, in every setting, in every age group. We don't just play games back in our youth church. It's they're, they're learning God's word. Right. They're being taught the word of God. That's what's going to make a difference in their lives. A.W. Tozer, that well-known pastor and writer, who said these words. He said, The world is lost on a wide sea, and Christians alone know the way to the desired haven. And while things were going well, the world scorned them with their Bible and hymns. But now the world needs them desperately, and it needs that, that despised Bible too. For in the Bible, and there only, is found the chart to tell us where we're going on this rough and unknown ocean. And the day when Christians should meekly apologize is over, they can get the world's attention not by trying to please, but by boldly declaring the truth of divine revelation. Yes. Don't be afraid that, that, uh, of what the world will think. Just tell them what God thinks in His Word. That's what matters. That's what's going to bring people to Jesus Christ around us. Number two, a life in fellowship. A life in the Word, a life in fellowship, and the fellowship of, of believers being a part of a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. We cannot do it alone. We need each other. We need each other to encourage and to challenge and to pray for. We've got to help each other in this life. It's It's not easy. Too many Lone Rangers, Lone Ranger Christians out there. I know that I can't make it alone. I need people, I need friends, I need brothers and sisters fellowship, life in fellowship, fellowship here at church and, and in small groups here and in small groups in homes. Paul would do that. He would, he would have big meetings and he would also have meetings in homes and in small groups, in a small group where you can get to know one another. We need more of those. We need more home fellowships. I believe it's one of the things that God has as. Uh, started this church with a vision for, for small groups and, and meeting in homes and meeting here and small groups here and there and, and, and everywhere. you, you got to have that connection with people. Number three, the life in the breaking of bread. This is what he says here. And, and, and really, you know, there's differences of, of thought about this. He was talking about, you know, the communion or was he talking about breaking of bread and sharing because that's what they called sharing meals together. I think it's both. But I have a third thing that I want to add to that too. But the first, the cross and communion, a life at the cross and, and in communion with Jesus at the cross. We, we partake, we, we you know, continually remind ourselves of the cross and, and partaking of communion together. And then that sharing of meals, these potlucks and couples banquets and fun times together that we can have. There's something about sitting, sitting down together and having a meal together. something about that. You're eating the same food. You're, it's kind of, you know, someone has said it's kind of becoming part of you, and, and, and you're kind of becoming like the other one. You're sharing this meal together. The breaking of bread. But I think, too, as we've been studying the book of Matthew, seeing the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000, where Jesus, he, he said, listen, I want you to feed them. And, 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 and he said, what do you have? They said, we can't do anything. What do you have? And he, and they gave the little bit that they had. And what happened is he says that he, he took the loaves and he broke them. And then he gave them back to his disciples who then passed them out and, and they all got fed and were filled and they had a lot left over too. See, the breaking of those loaves and the breaking of the gifts that we have and, and who we are, a life of service Amen. where we're being broken and used by God. That's where excitement comes in. Some of these gals talked about, I just want to serve God. I want to do whatever He says. I want to be you know, in the ministry. So many of us. So many I see of you stepping up and stepping out, willing to be broken. Yeah, there's some breaking that takes place yes, to serve God. Yes, it, yeah. You got to be willing to be broken. You got to be willing to, to be poured out. And, and Jesus, it says, He gave His life to serve, and be, He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many, to give His life away. I see it. I see it in different people's lives. I don't want to lift anybody up, but I see it in, in a person like Alex, you know, stepping, just being willing to be available to, to serve in men's ministry and, and, and practical uh, ministry of serving. That's right. That's right. I see it in, in Justin in children's ministry, uh, willing to, to, to see God's hand in his life and, and calling upon his life. And make themselves available. I see it in so many of you other people. I don't have time to go and, and talk about each one. But, but when, I, when I see that, that hand of God and the calling of God, my, my words are just go for it. Just do what God's called you to do. Outreach and missions at home and abroad. Always a part of who we are. To serve others here at home and also in other places to pray and renew that call we've been praying about that wednesday nights you know god uh you know what what missions do you have would you like us to to physically get involved in we've kind of like have had a period of time where we haven't been out to do it's not that we don't continue to support our missionaries because we do and we do that faithfully but there's also a place for us to actually go and do something we have our festival, which was an incredible blessing. And I think to reach out to the community, but Jesus said in Acts eight, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth that he's calling us to, to go out. And he'll provide what we need to do that. Where's God calling us to go? And finally, the last one, a life in prayer, a life in the word, a life in fellowship, a life in breaking of bread service, and a life in prayer, praying Praying before things happen, during things happening, and after things happen. So I think it's maybe better to pray before. I don't know about you. Better to pray before the bad stuff happens. Then you're kind of prepared for it. Of course, you don't know what's going to happen, but let me just, let me make a prediction. Bad stuff will happen <laughs> in this world. And I, and I base that on what Jesus said. In the world, you'll have tribulation, right? But be of good cheer, that he has overcome the world. It's going to happen. Bad stuff will happen. Pray. A life in prayer. They devoted themselves to these things. You know, the shaking that's been happening in our lives. I've said the way ahead is prayer. To use that, those words a little differently. The way ahead is prayer. We don't know what is going to happen in the future, but we've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to talk to God about it. We've got to bring Him our needs. We've got to lay it all before Him. And so Wednesday nights, we've been praying together. We've been studying the Bible about prayer and praying. Saturday morning, this incredible, you know, special family prayer that just kind of, that, you know, God just brought up. It's incredible. And our own devotions where we just talk with God in our homes, before church here on Sunday, after church here on Sunday, pray, (coughs) don't be afraid to pray Uh, You know, James says you have not because you ask not. I ask you to pray for me. I pray for boldness. I pray for focus. I pray for help. Pray for me for health and wisdom that I might be a better leader, that I might be more able to help you to fulfill your calling. That's my calling is to help you fulfill your calling. It's not always easy. I barely know what I'm, you know... (laughs) I barely can make myself happen. That didn't make any sense, but whatever. My calling is to help you fulfill your calling. And I want to learn. I want to learn. I've I've always said that. I want to learn. I want to be that leader that God's called me to be. But sometimes it takes shaking. Sometimes it takes a hard path, and that breaking is not easy, is it? to get to the place where you're more yielded, more willing, more understanding. So, in conclusion, the way ahead is what? Jesus and heaven. Jesus and heaven. But till then, a life in the Word, a life in fellowship, a life in the breaking of bread, the cross, service, and a life... In prayer, it says they devoted themselves to these things. What's the way ahead for you? I want to ask you this morning here on January 2nd, 2011. Is it heaven? Is it Jesus? What's the way ahead for you? And secondly, until it's time for heaven, what's your devotion? What's your life? These things, this is the, the early church here, and I think it's a good example. It's a good pattern. It's a good plan for you and for me. Do you hear the call? That's the question.